remember I went to that appointment um, by myself because I was able to drive at that point. Mm. And I remember coming home in the car and like I was just like mm. eyes full of tears. And I was oh. like, oh, my God, like this is like what I look like now, you know, it's a pretty like hard thing to see, like because it's you know, it's not you. It's yeah. not like what you're used to. And I'm like, Oh my God, like I'm not myself anymore. And then I like, was in like a full on depression for an entire day. Hello and welcome to before the lights podcast, true stories behind high performers. I'm your host, Brittany Wilson. Today I'm going to be interviewing Tony Presley. Tony is a professional soccer player for the Orlando Pride. On today's podcast, Tony and I discuss her trials, including multiple injuries, as well as her battle with breast cancer. There's truly so much to learn from Tony's amazing journey, so I hope you enjoyed today's podcast. Again, if you do, please screenshot this, share it on any of your social media outlets, Instagram, just tag Tony and myself at Brittany One Wilson. Thanks so much. Let's get to it. Tony, thank you so much for joining me on the podcast today. I'm excited to have you. Thank you for having me. Yeah, I would have loved to do an in-person interview, but of course we're on Zoom like we've been for a couple weeks now. Um, How have you been holding up during this whole time? You know, um, not too badly, I think. I think some days are definitely better than others, and Mm -hmm. I kind of have to remind myself to like be positive and that like we're all kind of going through the same thing, even though, you know, like personally, I'm like, oh my gosh, like, I feel like I need to be doing more things or like whatever. And I'm like, Tony, just like settle down, like breathe for a second. Like you're doing what you can do and you know, it's enough. But, um, yeah, I'm just trying to like stay positive and motivated and just find things to kind of like occupy my free time, really. Yeah, I feel that so much. I, I feel like that's the overwhelming feeling I'm getting all the time is like we're doing so much. We have our team workouts. We have everything. I mean, soccer's limited because, you know, at least you can play soccer with some of the people there. But it's like there's only so much you can do. Um, and so there's like this constant feeling of wanting to do more and more and more. And it's like, it gets overwhelming. Have you had those feelings lately of just being like, I feel like I should be doing way more. How have you, how have you coped with that? I think again, like, yeah, it's just kind of like reminding myself that like, I am like doing enough. Cause think about it. Yeah. Like I thought about this the other day, like, the only thing I'd really be doing right now will be we would be in preseason. Yeah. Like yes, our days together would be longer. Mm-hmm. But like the only thing I would be doing is soccer. Yeah. So I'm like Tony, even if you're away from the team and you're still only doing soccer, why are you feeling like mm-hmm. it's like you need to be doing more? Yeah. If totally. You're with the team, you would go to training, you would come home and you would rest, mm-hmm. you know? Totally. Totally. I don't know. It's like because we can't go anywhere. It's like, we're we're feeling like, oh my God, I need to go somewhere. Totally. I know. I know. That's the thing I've, I've reflected on myself before. I'm like, to be honest, I don't know if, if I was like having a weekend or something, if I'd do anything else differently than I'm doing now, especially if I was like (laughs) resting. So I'm like, it's not that big of a deal, but 
Um, what, what ways have you looked into yourself and what other things have you been doing to kind of deal with this moment? I mean, I know you've been on TikTok a little bit more lately. Oh, girl, let me tell you. <laughs> I love it. Uh, okay. <laughs> I, you know, hearing about TikTok from like the young people and I'm just like, oh my gosh, like, I don't know anything about it. It's like beyond my time. Like, and then I like dive into this whole TikTok world and Brittany, I spend hours <laughs> I know. on the phone scrolling through all of these videos, just like laughing by myself. I know. But, like, honestly, like, it's kind of got my mind off so much. Like, it's so entertaining. That's true. And, like, making videos is so fun. Yes. And, like, there's so many, like, crazy, like, talented people in there. Like, the editing skills and, like, the dancing, it's, like, phenomenal. I know. It's so funny because I'll sit back and I'll, like, watch TikTok for, like, half an hour or something. And I'll feel so bad about it. But I'm, like, it's just like watching a TV show or something. It's so entertaining. If anybody is listening to this right now, go follow Tony on TikTok. She's killing it. She's killing it. Um, so this year, Tony was supposed to be a pretty big year from you for, for you coming back from some of the things that you dealt with last year. How is it feeling now for that to be delayed? And we'll get into a little bit more of your story as well, but how are your feelings about this year, um, kind of being delayed from, from things that you've dealt with in the past? Um, you know, being such a long off season, I was here in Orlando just training on my own and mm-hmm. just kind of focusing on um, getting better and working on the things that, you know, that I struggle with or, you know, need to improve upon and then have to have preseason come. Yeah. And then we have that like week or so together um, and kind of to get the ball rolling in the right direction and to have it all like come to a stop. Yeah. Um, it was like, whoa, like, okay. So just take a breath and kind of like gather, you know, my thoughts and stuff. And Mm -hmm. like I said previously, it's kind of just like, like reflecting and like um, now shifting my thought process of like, okay, you know, maybe this is just another time for me to continue to work on, Mm. you know, things that like I'm struggling with or need to improve upon before we get into our another preseason yeah so I think that's where I'm at right now um I was so excited obviously to get into preseason and to start and to be in and around all of you girls and get the season underway but um we've all taken a step back and so I think where I'm at now is just kind of continue to focus on myself Mm -hmm. before we get back together and see what I can be better at and see what else I can can do before we come back as a team yeah that's a really good headspace to be in because I think like personally for the first few weeks it was kind of getting into the new rhythm and thinking it was going to be over in a week or so so I was just kind of hanging out and doing whatever obviously still doing our team workouts doing as much as I could soccer wise but now realizing that it's so much longer than I first realized it's you know now what can I look at in other ways where can I take this time that we do have and like pick apart my game and just pick apart myself as a person, you know, what do I really want? What am I really trying to work on? Um, in so many different aspects. So I really like that. I love that point of view for sure. Um, I think it's great. I think, you know, like you said, it's like you can work on your game now and you can work on yourself personally. And I think 
you know, we don't get this time back. So it's like, why not utilize it and, totally. you know, make the most of it, really? Yeah, yeah. So last season for you was quite an interesting one. Um, you dealt with breast cancer. Just tell us a little bit about, you know, your journey, um, fighting through that. How did you find out and, and what was the journey through that all of last year? Oh, man. So um, last season, it was a bit of like a whirlwind, really, because yeah. I mean, even before that, in preseason, I like um, I pretty sure I tore my hamstring a bit so I think that was pretty devastating um just because like I was in a groove and feeling great and um then come back from that and then maybe like a month later to get you know the news that like hey like you have breast cancer I'm like what Mm -hmm. like (laughs) something else um it was just crazy I remember um so Ricky our nutritionist Mm -hmm. um she was dealing with the same thing, right? So Mm. she had breast cancer, um, and she came in to speak to us, um, the girls, and was like, hey, like, you know, um, I had breast cancer, and, you know, I just want you guys to be proactive, like, go to the doctor, like, keep up with your regular, like, appointments, and, Mm -hmm. and then it just kind of, like, got me thinking, like, oh, wow, like, you know, I need to be better, about this taking care of my health and so then like I scheduled an appointment with our um, our gynecologist because Mm -hmm. um it kind of took me a few a few weeks but um I finally got the appointment and I think by then I kind of had been noticing um in myself like changes within my body so like I noticed Mm -hmm. like I had like a small little lump and um like just tenderness and soreness Mm -hmm. And I think it's kind of like one of those things where like a lot of us kind of put things off. Yeah. Um, because we're not sure or we think it's nothing, but like, I'm so glad that, you know, Ricky came in and spoke to us because honestly, like if she didn't, I probably wouldn't even have like the headspace to go. Wow. Get checked. Yeah. But, um, yeah. So having like these symptoms and I go get checked and, um, my, gynecologist sends me to go get a mammogram Mm -hmm. and this is probably like um like a month time frame like between like appointments and gynecologists and like mammograms so like I'm training and stuff and then like after like going to the doctor like trying to figure out like what's going on like missing like gym sessions yeah Uh, so go get a mammogram and it was like the most painful thing ever Mm. in the whole world like I was crying and I feel like the woman like doing my mammogram like felt so bad and I was like oh my god (laughs) I was like well this can't be good yeah um so did that and then I think if I remember I I got an MRI um no first I got a biopsy and then I got an MRI so yeah basically gynecologist mammogram biopsy MRI yeah and then basically from all those results, I found out that I had um, breast cancer wow. in my right breast. So not in my left, just in the right one. Okay. Um, and then like, it was just wild because like, obviously like it's news, right? That you don't really expect to hear, especially like, cause we're healthy and we yeah. play soccer and we're active and like we eat well and, but you know, totally. I got it. So um, I think 
you know, once I heard that news, it was kind of like, okay, well, like, what's next? Like, mm-hmm. what do I need to do? Like, what is the next step for me? Do I need surgery? Do I need chemo, radiation? Like, what is the next steps? And yeah. I think, you know, I still probably don't think I've, like, really dealt with all of it because mm-hmm. I think I was in so much shock that, like, I wasn't really maybe allowing myself to, like, really feel, like, what was going on. Mm-hmm. Um and I think my doctors probably thought I was nuts because, like, I was, like, so stoic in, like, all of my appointments. I was like, okay, yep, what's next? Yeah. <laughs> but um, maybe it was just, like, a way to deal with it. But, mm. yeah, I mean, you know, never the news you expect and definitely no. not, you know, what I was expecting after a hamstring injury and then in the middle of our season to have to kind of put all that on hold. Yeah. And, uh kind of deal with that it was it was it was tough yeah I mean you make such a good point about um the importance of having Ricky there too because like you said it's you're so healthy you're a professional athlete eats so healthy you never would have thought anything like that would happen to you but the just the fact that somebody was in front of you telling you you know just keep getting checkups go to your doctor like you said that was a big reason that that you found found it out and were able to deal with it the way you did right Yeah, absolutely. Because, you know, I think before I was like noticing those symptoms, but like wasn't really thinking anything of it. Right. Yeah. Because I don't know, just having her in front of me and hear her in her experience. I was like, oh, okay, well, look at her. Like she's so fit. She's healthy. Like she's a nutritionist. Like, yeah, if I'm feeling these things like I need to go, you know, that's so true. That's so true. So what was it like? Um, how did you tell the team and, and how did that kind of all unfold? Was it a hard thing to do? Or like you said, you were pretty stoic through it all, but it was Brittany. It was like one of the hardest things I've ever had to do. Like even like telling my family, it wasn't that hard. And like, I don't know. And, uh, I remember I wanted to tell everyone via text at first because Mm. like, honestly, like I knew that I would be like waterworks and like wouldn't be able to like yeah uh, but so basically after training one day um Emma sent out a text I think saying like hey um quick team meeting after like lunch okay and so we go to like the you know like the couches and stuff Mm -hmm. in the lounge area and I'm sitting there like in front of everyone like on one of the little tables and like obviously like they didn't know like what was gonna come and I was like crap like I'm gonna have to like (laughs) break this ice with this news but like it was so hard to get the words out like I start crying oh no like I'm crying and they're probably like oh my god like what is going on and I like finally like gather myself and am able to like speak words and I'm like hey like um like I found out that I had breast cancer a couple weeks ago like Mm -hmm. Um, like don't basically like don't worry about me like I'm gonna be okay just like keep doing what you're doing and oh it was like so tough because like like we're a family right like even if you like don't feel like as close to everyone like we see each other every day and like we're going to like battle with each other every day yeah and so like it was just it was so tough to tell everyone oh my gosh I I cannot imagine being you during that situation but also just listening to that and like having my teammate break down in front of me that's so tough but who who are your biggest sorry what were you gonna say 
oh, I was going to say, but everyone was so lovely. Like, yeah. I, everyone gave me a hug after and was like, mm. we're here for you, whatever you need. And yeah. everyone's been so good. Yeah, that was exactly my follow-up question is, who were the, your biggest supports during that? I mean, obviously, you know, you were kind of in shock and I can um, understand, like, dealing with it that way, but who were your biggest supports during that? Because it had to be something, just, like, emotions that you've never experienced before. I think just, you know, my family, first of all, mm-hmm. um, just having them there. Like, my grandma went to, like, every appointment with me. Oh, and I know she's the sweetest. Oh my god! That's awesome. And like, um, like drove from like Melbourne, which is like an hour and a half away, oh. to Orlando to come with me and then go back. Oh. Um, like my yeah, my family and and Marta and yeah. um, just like you know the entire team and the club and stuff and you know people like you wouldn't even expect like like fans and like people reaching out like yeah. just with kind words and like everyone around the league and like players and stuff it yeah. was like so overwhelming but like I'm so appreciative of like everyone's like even just to like think about me for like one second to like wish me well like uh, mm. I know I I noticed the overwhelming support because I I had heard of you and your story before I even came to the Orlando Pride even knew I was going to be coming here um and followed you a long time ago just through this whole story and like seeing you out on the field on your on your first game back and just all the emotion behind that. It was just something that you've never seen before, but also the support of the league and everybody involved making that story, um, you know, just so out in the open for people like me to see and just be inspired by that was crazy. So ha- that also had to be um, kind of a crazy moment for you too, just kind of to be in the spotlight because of what you were dealing with. Yeah, it was it was definitely interesting because like I don't know, it's like something it's like huge news, like especially yeah. for an athlete to hear and then it's just like, whoa, what? And then um I don't know, I think just having people have my back and mm-hmm. like support and um care about me in the way that everyone did, it made it so much easier and yeah. Um I think one thing too, like I was never like ashamed or embarrassed that like this happened to me I was like okay well this has happened like okay what what can we do next like how can this be possible be as positive as it can be like who can I help like who can go to the doctor now because they've heard Mm -hmm. my story or who is going to take their symptoms more seriously now because of what they've seen or read totally Um, so I think that which is kind of like my mind frame at that point it's like okay well how can this help somebody else? Yeah. Yeah, it's funny you say that too, just like how you dealt with it and how it was out in the open like that is because from my perspective and and probably how everybody else who didn't know you saw it was like I could see the almost stoicism in how you were dealing with it and just your bravery and your courage to be in the spotlight, to talk about it, to help other people too. So um, from afar, it was definitely like crazy to see just all the you know, highlights behind it and just be like, wow, like that's somebody, um, you know, in a similar position as me. And I think it really brought to the light the importance of doing that. So, um, that was a really big thing probably for you as well. Yeah, for sure. I mean, it's just kind of like, you just kind of put yourself on a, I don't know, like not on a back burner, but like, Mm. 
I think also too, like there was no doubt in my mind that like I would not be okay. And I don't know if I was like trying to protect myself or like, um, for whatever reason, because obviously like at that point, like you don't know, right? Mm -hmm. Like I had no idea like if I would need chemo or like radiation or like what stage it was even. Um, I didn't even find that out till, um, post-surgery. So, um, I was diagnosed as stage zero, but then, um, after surgery, it was a stage one because they found a little bit of invasive cancer. Um, but like, you know, just kind of like telling yourself, okay, I'm going to get through this. I'm going to be okay. Like, don't worry about me. Like, I'll be fine. Everyone Mm -hmm. just keep doing what you're doing. Um, but like I said, I think I kind of took that, that, um, view on it and kind of like, in a way of like protecting myself emotionally, maybe. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it was just wild. Yeah. I, I can't imagine. So what was the healing process like for you physically? What did you do to finally beat this? But also what impacts did it have on you mentally? Um, you know, when it comes to soccer or just when it comes to life in general, is there anything, you know, that you learned from it or perspectives that, that it changed in you? Yeah, so I ended up having a, um, a double mastectomy. So mm-hmm. as I said before, like the cancer was only on my right side, but mm-hmm. I was like, you know what? I might as well just do both and like yeah. be done with it. You know why I risk it? Yeah. Um, so I had a double mastectomy and, um, you know, come home from surgery, pretty like messed up. Mm-hmm. Marta's like so terrified. Oh, no. <laughs> um <laughs> Cause she's like, Oh my God, what has just happened? Oh. Um, but thankfully like I've had her and like my grandparents and like so many like people there to like help take care of me. So yeah. it was, it was not an issue. Um, but the recovery from it was surprisingly not too bad. Um, I remember like I wasn't supposed to like reach for things and like do too much for myself, but you know, like being active mm-hmm. and athlete, it's like, you know, we're always doing things. So yeah. it was so hard for me, like not to reach for a cup or like not to like want to take care of myself. And I would get yelled at so much and I'm like, Ugh, oh, this is so frustrating. Totally. Um, I can't imagine. But I remember like a few weeks out, I was able to like go for walks and things like that. And, um, I was never really in too much pain. Good. So, so lucky and grateful for that. Um, yeah. And so I think the next step once I was able to, I had, so I could have gone, um, no, no implants. Okay. I could have gone implants right away, mm-hmm. but I chose to do expanders first, okay. which, um, are kind of like these bags that they put in. Yeah. And like each week I would go to my, um, plastic surgeon and he would, um, basically fill them with like saline solution. So like each week they would like stretch and get bigger okay. to help my skin, um, get ready for implants. Gotcha. So once I decided like, okay, like this is like the size I want to be, like we would stop. And I think I'd have to wait like a few more months before I could have the implant surgery. Okay. So I was like, well, I'm just going to do that. And like, you know, do that, come back when I can and like do the implant surgery after season. Yeah. Um, so, but yeah, all that was okay. I think the only really tough part for me, um, in this whole process was when I first got, um, my bandages off. Mm. Um, 
because like, I don't know, I think you couldn't really see anything. I just had like, I don't know if this is too graphic, but like, um, sorry, like I don't have nipples right now. Okay. So I, and so, um, initially I had like the sutures from the stitches Mm -hmm. and then like bandages over that. Okay. So I was like, okay, well, whatever. But then, like, once I went to the doctor and he took them off, I was like, oh, well, wait a minute. Yeah. Like, this is something else. Like, Ugh. and I remember, I remember I went to that appointment um, by myself because I was able to drive at that point. Mm. And I remember coming home in the car and, like, I was just, like, mm. eyes full of tears. And I was Ugh. like, oh, my God, like, this is, like, what I look like now, you know? It's a pretty, like, hard thing to see, like, because it's you know, it's not you. It's not like what you're used to. And I'm like, Oh my God, like I'm not myself anymore. And then I like, was in like a full on depression for an entire day. Really? And, um, then I was like, you know what, Tony, like snap out of it. Like this, like one part of your body doesn't make you any more of a woman or less of a woman or whatever. Like Mm -hmm. it doesn't even matter. Like, like you're lucky to be alive at this point. Like, huh? Like, why are you worried about this aesthetic thing? Yeah. Um, so, yeah, that was, I think, the hardest day that I had um, yeah. in this whole entire experience. Yeah. yeah. I think I think it's hard because it has, you know, you've dealt with stuff that not a lot of people deal with. And it, it shifts your perspective because stuff, you know, even as little, you know, as, as an image piece... It, it can really shift your mentality towards it. So how, how did you end up getting over that? And are you still kind of dealing with um, pieces of that too? Like I said, I think it's just kind of like realizing that like what's really important in the grand scheme of yeah. things. It's like not just how I look or like this aesthetic. Like, yeah. And it's not what defines me as a woman or as a person. It's like what defines me is what I think about myself. Mm. Right? So... And I think just to realize that, like, like you don't need chemo, you don't need radiation. Like, you're mm. all you needed was surgery. So, like, you're so lucky. Yeah. When so many like people out there like are not. So yeah. I was like, there's just. And after that day, I was like, nope. Like, I'm not even feeling sorry for myself anymore. Like, mm. it is what it is. Like, done. Yeah. 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 What was what was the progression back to finally playing in that first match in 2019 and and how has the journey been soccer wise since then was it is it really tough to get back or was it you know you've dealt with injuries in the past was it similar to kind of coming back from one of those or I think I remember when I was first able to jog I think like 3 weeks or a month after surgery mm. I was able to um I remember it being so hard, like, (laughs) God, like, not even, like, I don't know why, I mean, I guess, I don't know, my body had been through trauma, obviously, but, like, yeah, it was so hard, and I felt so out of breath, and then, so, like, it's just, like, a fitness thing at that point, it's, like, how can I get fit again, um, so I'm just, like, working with Evie, and she was wonderful, and, like, programming everything for me to, like, get me back um you know soccer and game ready and then like yeah so I'm just getting fit I'm coming doing gym running on my own and like 
during training on the side and you know I'm like itching to go into passing because I'm like I can pass yeah trust me (laughs) 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 but we always want to come back quicker than we can right totally always always yeah so it's just like that progression of fitness basically is what led me to be able to play good um, in the last game and then you know obviously like I wasn't expecting to play Mm -hmm. um I think too my mindset was like okay I want to get I was kind of focusing on next season Mm. so I was like okay I want to get as fit as I can before my next surgery yeah so that after that surgery hopefully it won't be such a setback to yeah. get fit again mm-hmm. um I think it was just you know it was just I don't know luck of the draw to be able to play in that last game and then you know obviously have the coaching staff like trust me enough to sub me into the game mm-hmm. as well yeah um, yeah it was just I ugh. What were the feelings like on that night? Like, just, it seemed like there was an overwhelming amount of support, but what were your feelings like finally going into the match and having the fans there for you, your teammates there for you and everything? It was, it was so weird, I think, because I didn't want to put too much pressure on the day. Yeah. You know, um, I knew that going into the game could be a possibility, but like, I didn't want to like overwhelm myself. So I just like, okay, like it's, it's like any other game day, like treat this like you would any other game day, the same routine, you eat the same thing, yep. whatever. Yep. So I did and I get there and then, um, I'm like greeted with like teammates and like flowers and stuff. And I like, then I break down a little bit like, Oh <laughs> yeah. You're like, I was trying to keep this normal. <laughs> yeah, I'm like, Oh, this is like a moment. Yeah. Oh. Um, and then like, just I don't know just warming up and like trying to do everything you know the same way and like um I don't know just being in the locker room around the girls it was awesome because like I hadn't been in the locker room like in game day gear for a while so Mm. just to have that feeling again and then you know the overwhelming support of all of our fans and to have it be a breast cancer game too I was like this is like this is so I don't know. Yeah. I felt very fortunate to be a part of it and to Mm -hmm. be able to play in that game and to have, like, such, like, support around me. Totally. Um, Yeah. It was great. Yeah. So you spoke about two pretty major injuries that you went through that were very close together. Do you think that kind of set you up for the mentality coming back um, from this as well? Talk about a little bit about what kind of you went through with that, too. Oh, yeah. So back in 2014, I think it was, I was playing with the Washington Spirit. Um, I tore my PCL in like a game situation. I fell on my knee mm-hmm. in the most awkward position and mm-hmm. my like PCL snapped. And I remember like there was like 12 minutes left and I'm like running around and I'm like, oh, my gosh, like what's going on? Here? Oh, no. Um so, like, the next day, like, blows up, and we're traveling back to D.C., and I'm like, all right, like, something's not right. Um, so, basically, like, go to the doctor, MRI, torn PCL. Um, come back from that, didn't have surgery, and I come back from that um, a few months later, um, and then 
I hurt my ankle. I tore some cartilage in my right ankle. So right PCL, right ankle. And I was like, oh my God, like this is a mess. So ended up having surgery on that. Um, and then, yeah, I spent that entire off season just rehabbing my ankle. And honestly, like that, I think was the hardest thing I've ever done. Really? Yeah. To rehab my ankle because it's crazy. It's like you, like, I don't know, like you walk on it, like you need your foot and your ankle and all that to be well, to like be able to like move and walk. And I never felt so limited in my life. Like you know, compared to like breast cancer where I just couldn't reach for things like this. Like I literally couldn't walk. You couldn't walk at all. How did that injury happen? Yeah. So I, it was just in training, like one day, like a freak thing. Like I was by myself, like going for a ball, like running. And it just kind of like, I guess it like, I don't know, tore a bit. Oh. And it was so interesting because like, I guess the way the cartilage was like, sometimes it would go back into place and I'd be fine. And then it would pop out of place and like, I couldn't walk. So oh. I think we, we were just like in playoffs as well, like going to playoffs. And mm-hmm. I remember like traveling in a boot because like I needed to play. Oh. Um, and it was so weird because like, like I said, like sometimes, like some days it would feel great. Some days it wouldn't. Huh. I'm like, what is wrong with me? But ended up playing on it because like I was so I couldn't make it worse. Um, wow. So, yeah, played, like, our, I think it was, like, our semifinal and playoffs. We didn't end up winning. But, oh, my gosh. Uh, yeah, postseason I had the surgery, and it was it was tough because, like I said, I've never been so immobile in my life. And so I think that definitely, you know, helped with my yeah. mentality of, like, this, having this surgery. Yeah. What perspective shift do you think happened with with all these things that have, you know, soccer's soccer's always been your thing. It's kind of what you you always go to. What did that being taken away from you with these injuries and then the breast cancer? What did that do for how you look at the game now? Did that change anything? Um, I think it's just kind of like it makes you just appreciate everything, I think a bit more. Yeah. Um, moments and the the time that you have with people on your teammates and your coaching staff and where you are what team you're with um because you can't really get that back yeah and I think um you know time is a huge thing so it's like making the most of every opportunity that you have on the field whether it's in training or in gym or Mm -hmm. on your own um I think that is one way my perspective um has shifted a bit yeah Um, just not taking that stuff for granted yeah, totally. Um, and I think, too, like, I think we're all stronger than we realize that we are, mm. you know? So I think it's just kind of, like, not, I think, just finding the positives and things and, like, not complaining so much or dwelling on things and realizing that we're all we're all human and, like, trying, you know, the best that we can. And I think we need to show ourselves, like, a bit more grace sometimes, you know? Totally, totally. And you can definitely see your strength from from everything you've been through and um, your attitude towards just life in general from all of it. So it's definitely awesome to see. Thank you. Yeah. So I always ask two questions um, to finish up. One, I know there's so much in your story that we haven't gone through, um, but the first question is if you could go back 
before you started playing soccer, what are just one or two things that you'd tell yourself with all that you've um, been through and all that you know now? Wow. No, there's many uh, things. (laughs) That's tough. Yeah. Um, I think one thing would be to, well, two, I think to take my nutrition more seriously Mm. and to take my fitness more seriously. Okay. Yeah. When did you start focusing on those things and when did they make a big difference for you? Um, So I don't think I started taking my nutrition um, seriously until like, honestly like 2016 oh wow okay yeah um and fitness wise until probably about the same time honestly wow do what do you know what caused that shift I think the my 2015 wait 2016 season okay it's my first season in Orlando and it just like I don't know. I think I was going through much on the field and off the field and personally and like Mm. just not feeling happy or like myself. Mm. And I think um, kind of like taking hold of those two things, like having control over something in my life. Yeah. um, Really pushed me in that direction. Mm. Um, Yeah. I think because, you know, like when you're with a team, it's easy to like do what they prescribe and like run and like whatever. Yep. But like, I think the, the things on my own, like away from the team is what I shuffled with the most. Mm. So I think once I kind of like took that by the reins, then um, it kind of just changed everything. Gotcha. Yeah. Those definitely make a big difference. And do you, did you feel a huge difference in your game and just mentality after that? Yeah. I think just, you know, realizing that like, okay, um, like fitness has always been hard for me personally and I'm always jealous of the people who can like run for days and like <laughs> take too. like six months off and like be the fittest people ever like yes. that's just not me <laughs> so like I know what I like my weaknesses are and like that's the hugest like the biggest weakness I have is like fitness mm. um so I think just like realizing that and like understanding it and accepting it yeah and like telling myself okay like you know this is probably gonna be hard but like you know, you have to do it and like, it's fine. Yeah, totally. Totally. And it's okay. Yes. I feel like once you get over that mental hurdle of like, this is going to suck, then it's like, well, (laughs) (laughs) nothing I can do about it. Nothing. Nothing. Okay. Last question is, I know soccer is a huge part of our lives. It's definitely not all that you are and you've learned so much from your life, but if you never had soccer, um, you know, as, as such a big piece in your life, what would you want to be known for? What kind of legacy would you want to leave? Oh, dear. Oh, I dear. think for helping animals, for sure. Oh, yeah. That's a big passion yeah, of yours. I, when I was younger, I really wanted to be a veterinarian. Okay. Um, so I think, you know, I've always had love for animals at such an early age. So I think I would definitely be working in that field in some way. So huh. I... I think it would just be that, like, helping as many animals as I could. Oh, that's awesome. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for sharing your story. And like I said, there's so much that we didn't get into, but I think everybody has a lot to learn from just everything that you've been through. And I just appreciate you taking the time. Well, thanks, Fred. So nice to hear you. I can't wait to see you again. I know. I can't wait either. 
Thank you again so much for listening, and I hope you enjoyed today's podcast. Again, it would help us out so much. If you aren't subscribed, please subscribe now. Screenshot this, share it on your social media platforms. Anything helps. I hope this story inspired you to go out, live your story, and don't be afraid to share it.